Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and thank you so much for being back with me today. We now come to part four in our series on Satan's devices as seen in the book of Nehemiah. We have noticed the device of opposition, the device of ridicule, the device of intimidation, and today we consider the device of compromise. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to Nehemiah chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4 in this episode. In our next episode, in part 5, we'll look at Nehemiah chapter 6, beginning there in verse 5 and going down through verse 9. But excited to be in this chapter with you, this episode and next. And then hopefully we can make our way through uh, the rest of the text after we finish up this series. I hope this series has been helpful. Hope this season has been helpful for you as you've been studying the book of Nehemiah along with me, and I appreciate so much uh, your encouragement and uh, your prayers, and I covet your prayers as we continue to strive to reach out to many through the avenue of a podcast. This podcast, of course, is on the Scattered Abroad Network. If you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our master feed, to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, visit our website, scatteredabroad.org and to email us with any comments, thoughts that you may have, thescatteredbroadnetwork at gmail.com. Again, we're working our way through the book of Nehemiah as we weather the storm with him. We think about the different trials and storms and problems that he faced and how he was able to overcome. Uh, As a great leader, as a humble servant of God, uh, Nehemiah serves as a great example for us today. And so again, looking forward to continuing our study of Satan's devices. We are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. And the devices that we've known, uh, have noticed so far, Nehemiah certainly wasn't ignorant of them. He met them head on, and he addressed the problem, and he saw the solution, and, and went and, and made sure that he sought God in prayer and was able to do great, great things in rebuilding the wall. But as we come to part four, we mentioned a moment ago, we're going to talk about the device of compromise. And so if you have your Bibles, again, Nehemiah chapter 6, as we look at verses 1 through 4. It happened when Sembalat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, that Sembalat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. I sent messengers to them, saying, I am doing a great work. I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times, and I answered them in the same manner. And Samballot sent his servant to me as before the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. And it was written, It is reported among the nations. And Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. And therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. You've also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying there is a king in Judah. These matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, let us consult together. Now, of course, this wasn't happening. And when we get into our next episode, as we close out this series, we're going to spend more time thinking about this device. But as we think about compromise, notice how this letter ends. Hey, let's come together. Let us consult together. Let's Let's make a compromise. The compromise could be, hey, how about you stop working on the wall and we won't go and tell other people what's going on here. 
And it's almost like blackmail. <laughs> you know, it's Sam Ballot and the others saying, listen, we're going to send letters all around and and we're going to make it seem a lot worse than it actually is. That That has got Satan written all over it, doesn't it? The sin of compromise. I mentioned this I, probably several times already this series, but we live in a cancel culture society of compromise. You know, you, you can't say that. You can't say this. Um, you know, we, we've got to be thoughtful of this and that, and let's not rock the boat. Let's, let's compromise. The problem is, you know, sin can't compromise with righteousness. Darkness can't compromise with light. Evil can't compromise with good. And so as, as Christians, as God's people, we must not give in to compromise. We can't compromise truth. You've got to stand firm on it. Uh, and some try to, to water it down and, and sugarcoat it. But the truth of God is the truth of God, regardless of how people respond to it. And even when this world is on fire, the truth of God is going to be standing. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Matthew 24, 35. Uh, the word of God is forever settled in heaven. Psalm 119.89. So understanding that we must not compromise. We learn from Nehemiah in this example that he didn't give in. He didn't meet with them. He, he knew what they were trying to do. He did not meet with them. He did not compromise with them. He said, we are going to continue doing the work. Why should I leave doing this good work and come and talk with you? Why should we try to compromise? There's nothing to, to compromise here. There's nothing to try to change. We are doing the work that God would have us to do, and that's what's going to happen. We're going to continue to do the work of God. And so again, great leadership, great conviction uh, by Nehemiah, and a great example for us. Satan uses a device of compromise, and he has for a very long time. But again, we must not give in to it. And my mind in preparing this episode immediately went to Psalm 1. Now, the blessed man of Psalm 1 did not compromise. He did not walk according to the ungodliness around him. He did not stand in the path of sinners. He did not sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight was in the law of the Lord. And in his law did he meditate day and night. And because of that, because he did not compromise, because he stood firm in what he knew was right and true, he was like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf did not weather, and whatever he did, he prospered. Why? Because he wasn't willing to compromise. He wasn't willing to give in to the wickedness and ungodliness that was around him. And, and that's the device that Satan tries to use, especially with Nehemiah, this, this device of compromise. So Psalm 1, 1 through 3 would certainly play in well with this idea. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 17, going down through chapter 7 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul quotes from the Old Testament, emphasizing how you cannot compromise. You cannot be like uh, the ungodly pagan society nations around you. That was true for Israel then. But what do we do today when we, we look around and we are in the midst of a pagan ungodly society? We are an Acts 2 church living in an Acts 17 world. So what do we do? Well, we're in the world, but must not be of the world. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 17, verse through chapter 7 and verse 1. 
Paul, again, quoted from the Old Testament, says, Therefore come out from among them, and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, when you listen to that and you read that text, do you, do you read of any kind of compromising going on? No, of course not. Come out from among them and be separate. Don't do what they do. Don't give in to the things that they give in to. Do not compromise. Do not touch what is unclean. Cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. That doesn't give us room for compromise. And so we must not, we must not do that. Again, we're in the world. We must not be of the world. Titus chapter 2, 11 and 12. Of the grace of God that extends to all men, uh, is bringing salvation to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. What's the point of that? Don't compromise. You stand firm and stay true to what God has said to do. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, Apostle John says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father, it's of the world. And I love this final phrase, the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. See, I can't do what the world would have me to do. I can't compromise truth. I can't compromise what I know is right to appease those in the world. Apostle Paul said, if I please men, I I can't be the servant of Christ. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. So we're not doing things to please men. We're not doing things to, to cave into the pressure and compromise to what the world says we ought to do. Now, we understand that we're serving the Most High God. And there is no room for compromise. Sam Ballot and the others thought the only way they're going to derail and stop Nehemiah and the others from rebuilding the wall is that they come to some, some kind of compromise, some kind of agreement. But Nehemiah shows that great wisdom, not being ignorant of Satan's device, and says, we're not leaving. We're doing a good work. Why should we do that? And again, he, he knew what they were trying to do in the first place. There's another example of Satan's device of compromise that we read about in the Old Testament. This is about what takes place with Jeroboam. I want to spend a few minutes here in 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 25 through 29. I want you to notice what Jeroboam did and the device of compromise that he tried to use. Let's connect that with what we find in Nehemiah chapter 6, and then, of course, make application to today. 1 Kings chapter 12, beginning in verse 25, says that Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there. He went out from there and he built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, the heart of this people will turn back to their lord, Rehoboam king of Judah. They will kill me and go back to Rehoboam king of Judah. Therefore the king asked advice, And he made calves of gold, two calves of gold, and said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. 
Look at that phrase. It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. So what did he do? He made a compromise. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. He set up one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. See, instead of going to Jerusalem where they were supposed to be going, and instead of worshiping the one true God of heaven, Jeroboam says, hey, how about I compromise? Let's make a compromise. I'll set up one in Dan and one in Bethel. You look at the map, that's top to bottom. Let's, let's have a compromise. That way it'll be a lot easier for you, and I'll make sure that, of course, my political uh, reign continues to be strong. That's really what it's about, compromising so he could gain advantage. Well, that's what Satan does. He wants you to compromise your beliefs. He wants you to compromise what you know is true and right. He wants you to compromise your integrity. He wants you to compromise by caving in to society. But as Christians, we must not do that. Nehemiah certainly didn't do that. Because just like Jeroboam, who's trying to come up with all these things that are not right, and, and there's no authority to do it, when Samballot sent that letter, he had no right to do that. And he lied. He, he brought up things that, that had nothing to do with what was actually going on. And so these examples from the Scriptures show us the danger and the sin of compromise. And this is definitely one of the devices that Satan used through his influence in the book of Nehemiah. We must not be ignorant of it. We need to be aware of it and never compromise our beliefs. Never compromise what we know is true and right. And we can make sure and know that the Bible is always right. All the commandments of God are righteousness. Psalm 119, 172. The entirety of your word is truth. Psalm 119, 160. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be spiritually complete, fully equipped unto every good work. The Bible does that for us. The Bible gives us what we need to know what is true and what is right. And because we have that standard, we are to oppose what is wrong. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. By this you know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We've got that standard that God has set. And we must not deviate from that. We must not add to or take away. We must not compromise. Aren't we thankful that Nehemiah didn't go to that meeting? Aren't we thankful that Nehemiah did not compromise? Because he knew that he was on a mission. He was doing the will of God and nothing was going to stop him. You may be going through a storm right now that you're, you're having to compromise or you feel like you have to compromise. Just understand that you don't. You don't have to compromise, especially not your faith, not your beliefs. Let's make sure that we have the strength, the conviction to not give in to this device of Satan and not compromise what we know is right. Let's keep our heads held high, keep doing the will of God so that we may weather the storm. I thank you so much for listening to this episode today. I'm thankful that we've been able to go through this series on Satan's devices, and we've noticed how he uses these devices in all different kinds of ways through his influence, but especially it's evident in the book of Nehemiah. He used opposition. He used ridicule. Here he is using uh, he used intimidation, and here he's using compromise. In our next study, part five, next week, we will study the final device that is used, 
and that is the device of slander. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 5 through 9, if you'd like to read ahead and prepare. We're going to think about that word slander, what it means, and uh, be aware of it so we can fight against it. But again, I'm very thankful that you have listened today. I hope and pray that you'll be back with me next week as we close out this series, and then we can put all this together and hopefully gain encouragement that can help us to weather the storm. Again, I thank you so much for listening. As always, may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.